You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Hi, y'all. Good. It's kind of a quiet morning, I can tell. Okay. I like it loud. You guys know me. No, I'm a football coach. I'm a high school teacher. So the louder, the better. It helps me get engaged. So good morning. Good morning. Nice. Nice. Okay. So we're going to dig in a little bit to the Bible. You guys okay with that? All right, uh, we're going to be talking about some different verses and what it's like to be transformed. How many of you guys would say that I am a, not me personally, but you, uh, we all know I'm not a finished work. Um, I am a finished work. I'm a done deal. God's pretty much perfected me. I'm as good as I'm going to get. Anybody? Anybody? I got a yeah over there from, was that Austin? All right. Okay. Austin's like, no. Okay, Robert. Robert's perfected, so... You know, good, you know, Sam's like, no, he's not. All right. (laughs) Nice. Got sold out there. Guys, we're going to be talking about uh, what it's like to meet the living Jesus. And and we're going to go back and look in the Bible. We're going to see a couple people that I want to bring forward that I I always love looking at. Um, See, my my theory here, and I had a sweet transformer this morning, but if you also know me, you know I'm a little absent-minded and a tad ADD. And so Optimus Prime is sitting on my desk right now. I played with him all last night, making him into a truck and then making him into a robot, and then making him into a truck again. It was a lot of fun. I wish I could show it to you guys. Um, but I can't because I left it on my desk. Um, but, see, I think that's what Jesus does. When we meet Jesus, he changes us. Um, matter of fact, I, I'm going to show you a couple stories. I don't think you can meet Jesus and not be changed. So we're going we're gonna to dig right into this. I, I want to read a couple verses to you. Uh, Romans 12.2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, I love that. How many guys would like to know what God's will is at all times? <laughs> How many guys are like, that's my prayer. God, if I could just know what you're doing in my life. Um, uh, God, could you clue me into what's next, please? I don't understand what's going on today. Um, I love that verse because there's so much promise in that, that, it, that if I and allowing myself to be transformed, I can plug into God and what he's doing. The next one says this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, I know who I was before I met Christ, and I'm glad that's the old and that there's new. And that this new is not done. There's more coming. That I'm going to look back in 20 years and be, be glad that old's gone. And the new is here. Um, see, here's what it means to be transformed. I looked it up in the dictionary. Um, that's a helpful book. Um, youth, it's, it's a thing with words in it that if you look up, gives you definitions. Get one. Um, it's awesome. It's a book. That might be a hard thing, but they have them on your phones too. Um, so being transformed means this, to change in condition, nature, or character. See, I believe this. Christianity is not a religion of, of information. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Amen? Yeah? And who you know changes you. It has to. You're going to be transformed. Your character will change. Who you are will change. The way you appear will change. What you do will change if you know Jesus. It's unavoidable. Um, My theory is that anyone that meets Christ leaves changed. Um, Everyone I know, everyone in the Bible that meets Christ, and we're going to meet two of them in just a second, and I'm going to introduce you to a third. Uh, The three men I'm going to talk about today have demonstrated this idea for me. One is Peter, the Apostle Peter. How many of you guys are a little familiar with the Apostle Peter? 
one of Jesus's 12 disciples, one of the very first called, he was with Jesus from beginning to end to beginning to end. Okay. So, I mean, he was there the whole time. He saw everything. There's very little Jesus did that Peter didn't get to see. Well, Peter was where Jesus was on the earth. The other one I want to talk about is Paul. Now, Paul is also an apostle because he also got to see Jesus. Uh, One of the last to see Jesus on this earth uh, in the Bible. Uh, Paul is uh, an incredible study. I like looking at the works of Paul. And then I'm going to bring into this picture my father. Now, I I know it's like Peter, Paul, my dad. Somehow he doesn't seem to fit. For me, he fits. He just did, you know, he missed the Bible by that much. Um, But... uh, He's an important person in my life, and I'm going to talk a little bit about him and how he fits into this. Because I think when we look at Peter and Paul, we're like, yeah, but those are Bible dudes. Can I use the word dudes in church when you're preaching? I guess. I just did. So those are Bible guys. You know, they're special. They, you know, they're, that's Peter and Paul. So I like every now and then to bring somebody in it that's, that, that is a little bit more tangible, a little bit more real, a little bit more like you and me. Because I, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I can't reach Paul or I can't reach where Peter got to. Um, But we're going to talk a little bit about that. So here's the deal. Whenever you study the Bible, whenever you look at something, whenever you want to find something out, you can't just open up a page and start reading. Uh, You kind of have to know the backstory. You have to know what went on beforehand. If you don't know what went on beforehand, then you're kind of just guessing as to where the history is. What? Why is it saying this? Why is it telling us this story? So let's start with Paul. Okay? We're going to start with Paul. Now, who, who, who knows? Anybody in here Paul's first name? Anybody? Saul. Good. Okay, so we know some. All right, good. What did Saul do? Anybody know what Saul was? Okay, he was a murderer. He was a Pharisee. He was a person. Good. Not my dog. Okay. He killed Christians. Okay. What did he end up writing? Most of the New Testament. Okay. Most of the second half of this book has Paul's stamp on it. And the stuff he didn't write, he was hanging out with the people who did write it. Uh, Paul, was, Paul was an amazing missionary. Uh, You've got to understand, Paul was an evangelist first and foremost. Without Paul, we would not be allowed to sit here. It would be all for the Jewish people. We wouldn't have it. Because Paul's main goal was to teach us about Jesus. But let's go back to Paul. Okay, When you first meet Paul, Paul is a Pharisee. Now, he knows the Old Testament inside and out. He knows all the laws, all the rules, and he hates Christians, hates them, hates them so much. He gets a letter. If you read in Acts 1 through 9, or 9, 1 through 9, you're going to see Paul get a letter from the rulers that says, hey, I can go to Damascus and kill everyone that claims the way. The way is what they called the Christian walk at the time. Anybody that follows the way, I can kill. Give me that letter. And they gave him that letter, and he sets out to kill Christians. This is his job. He is a genocidal maniac, in my mind. Probably, in, in, you know, equal to, to your worst people you can think of. Because he's out to kill people. Wipe Christians from the face of the earth. And on the way to Dis- Damascus, Jesus appears to him and says, Saul, Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? Why are you going after these Christians? Why are you doing this? And Jesus faces up to Paul, and Paul sees Jesus face to face. He's blinded for three days. He has no sight, and and Jesus says, just go pray. Somebody will come and heal you. Now, here's what's amazing to me. As soon as Jesus and Paul meet, 
the moment, it doesn't take one second for Paul to hit his knees and change his life. It is completely different. He starts praying for three days to the very Jesus he was persecuting before. He's so scary that the guy Jesus sends says this. Jesus says, hey, uh, I want you to go and do something for me. The guy's like, sure, whatever you want, Jesus. I love you. What do you want? And he goes, I want you to go heal Saul. He's like, like, come again, Jesus? (laughs) Saul, you mean the guy that if I heal him, probably is going to kill me as soon as he can see again? I mean, this is basically what he says. He's like, yeah, that's Saul. You got it. That's the one I want you to heal. He's like, Jesus, are you sure? Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I like living. <laughs> I mean, I'll die for you, but I wasn't planning on today. <laughs> and that's just how scary Saul is. But he goes and prays for him. And, and we, we get Paul's eyes open. And Paul begins to preach the word immediately. So effectively, so strongly, that the people in Damascus decide now Paul has to die and try to kill him. they got to sneak him out in a little tiny basket over the wall to get Paul out of danger. That's how quickly the conversion... That's what Jesus did. It took a murderer, someone who hated Christianity, and turned him to one of the greatest evangelists of all time. That's the transforming work of the risen Christ. Let's look at Peter. What do we know about Peter? What do we know about Peter? Come on. He denied Jesus three times. That's, one, that's the big one, right? He said, Jesus, I love you. I got you back. I'll never deny you. Uh, Jesus who? (laughs) Who? Jesus? I don't know Jesus. Oh, dang it. What's that rooster crowing? Uh, (laughs) My bad. (laughs) All right. When when we see Jesus die, this is the guy who in fear, like for Jesus' life, cuts off the ear of a centurion. I don't know where he got the sword, but he he had it. He slides off an ear. Okay, but Jesus dies, and he's been talking to Jesus the whole time, and what does Peter do? He hides. He goes into hiding. Peter's a coward. This is what we know about Peter. Peter talks a great game, but Peter is a coward. He hides. He's afraid. He doesn't want to serve God fully. He doesn't want to give his life fully because it might mean scary things. Now, Jesus rises Empty tomb, Peter meets Jesus, they hang out, and in Acts we see a totally different Peter. In Acts we see a Peter that's not afraid to go to jail, not afraid to be beaten, not afraid to stand in front of the leaders and say, this is my Jesus, this is who I serve, I'm sorry you cannot shut me up. One of my great role models. Okay. Um, (laughs) Kevin got it. All right. He couldn't even talk about Jesus. All he could say was, I don't know this guy. He goes from, I don't know this guy, to do what you do. Do what you will. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I can't talk about anything else. In the first chapters of Acts, you'll read time and time again, and Peter preaches, and thousands are saved. And Peter preaches, and thousands are saved. Every time Peter opens his mouth in the first couple books of Acts, Thousands upon thousands of people come to Christ. How can you go from a coward who can't even face the world to someone who will stand up and risk his life? See, there must be something amazing about Jesus. There must be something different that when you meet this man face to face, transforms you. Let me tell you a little bit about my dad. See, my dad is an interesting study. 
Before I can remember, I was young enough that I don't remember a lot of this. My dad was seriously addicted to drugs and completely addicted to alcohol. And, and I don't remember all the stories. I was real small. Um, but I hear the stories. And I hear my sister and my mom and my dad talk about his life before Christ. And my dad was a scary man. My dad was a violent man. My dad was not a nice guy. He came from a family, a father who was brutal. I was talking to him once about my whole family saying, Dad, I don't understand why my aunts and uncles and, and, and you guys do some of these things. I don't get it sometimes. You all believe in Jesus. He goes, you don't understand. Our dad was brutal. We were emotionally damaged from day one. You see, one day he walked across Disneyland high as a kite, according to him, and drunk and on alcohol and the whole bit, and he sat and listened to Wilkerson preach for some weird reason, and he, and he accepted Christ that day. From that day on, he never took another drink or did another, another illegal drug from that day on. This is the father I knew growing up. He led me to Christ. He taught me how to be a man of God. He taught me about the Bible. You see, something, again, when you meet Christ face to face, it changes you. But it's not automatic. It's not, hey, psh, it's done. It takes some things. I want to go through a couple things. Um, I want to go, what I, you know, as I'm thinking about my dad, I'm thinking about the things that changed with him. After talking to him for years and, and going through stuff with him, this is what I, I, I come to. I, I think there's an order to transformation. And, and I think it's this. After you meet Christ, we're told that you can have a transformed mind. How many of you guys have stuff going around in your head you wish you could get rid of? Man, I do. How many of you guys have stuff that, that, that haunts you, stuff that follows you, stuff that you're like, if I could just get over this, if I could just change the way I think, this might be a different ball game. Well, the Bible says you can. In Romans 8, 6, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. In Romans 12, 2, we, we talked about this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, after you meet Jesus, if you'll start allowing him to change your mind, to change the way you think, to change the way you see things, slowly you're going to grow into someone who identifies with the Spirit. And it's a step, because if you don't change the mind, the next step where you change your heart can't happen. See, the Bible says the heart is an evil thing. And if we follow it and we don't have our mind in order, we'll find, our place in bad, we'll find ourselves in bad places. But if we change our mind, if we start working on our mind and how we think, then we can start working on our heart and what it pursues. See, a transformed heart, in Matthew 5, 8, it says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, they shall see God. <clears throat> And the good person, in Luke 6.45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. See, when my dad became a Christian, he poured himself into the study of the Bible. 
I can remember from a young age having discussions with my dad of, hey, this is why I believe this, and this is why I believe this. And it wasn't just opinion. It wasn't just what he thought. He would pull out a Bible and say, this is what I believe. And it changed his mind. It changed how he saw things. It changed how he thought about things. And then, as his mind started to change, his heart followed. He could let go of past hurts. He could change and not hang on to things and actions and things that he had done before. And not believe that he was always going to be the same guy. That he could be different. And that the, the father he grew up with and the family he grew up with and the, the failures he had, he didn't have to hang on to those. And he didn't have to feel bad about those. He could give them to Christ. And over a lifetime... He slowly gave some of those. I tell you what, I haven't, I haven't been prouder of my dad in my entire lifetime in the last two years. My dad's dying. I, there's no better way to say it than that. He told me the other day, we lived hard, I lived hard. These are the consequences of a hard life. He's overweight, his heart's not working, he can't pump blood back up to his heart, it only pumps out, it doesn't pump back. I don't know how much longer I'm going to have my dad. And in his pain and in his hurt, the last couple years, he started being angry and he started treating people not well. I think it was out of fear, I think it was out of pain, I think he was just hurting. And somebody brought it to his attention. And I watched my dad turn to Christ and say, even in this, I'll do what you want me to do. See, he couldn't have done that years and years ago. But God's slowly been working on him that when somebody brings something to his attention, he'll turn to God with it and say, change me, because I can't do it. See, out of a transformed mind and a transformed heart comes a transformed lifestyle. See, I think we do it backwards sometimes. I think we say, okay, God, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I like you. Sounds good. Sign me up. I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop drinking this. I'm going to stop smoking this. I'm going to stop looking at that. Why isn't this working? Why can't I stop doing this, stop smoking that, stop looking at that? Why can't I stop lying? Why can't I be honest on, you know? Why, why are these things that I'm trying to give to you, God, why can't I give them to you? Because it goes in order. Transformed mind, transformed heart, equals transformed lifestyle. See, my dad could never give enough alcohol and drugs on his own. There's no way. There's no way. But as he started to give himself over to God, that stuff changed. The wants, the desires, the ability to stick with it, that's all a God thing. In uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, it says this. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It starts with Christ. See, to be able to give your mind over to your heart over, your life over, you've got to have Christ. If you're sitting in here today and you don't know Christ, this transformation is impossible. It's not possible. You can't do it on your own. Because all those verses say, God's involved, God's involved, God's involved. Seek Christ. Know the Spirit. It starts with Christ. Knowing God, seeing God, meeting God. Look at Peter. Peter was a coward. He met God. He's a hero. 
Look at Paul. He, he, he's a murderer. He met Jesus face to face and he becomes an evangelist. My dad was a violent drunk, meets Jesus, becomes a good, godly man. It all centers around knowing Jesus. See, in, in Corinthians it says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faith, face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That says, if I look to Christ, I will be transformed like Christ. I want to be like Christ. I am not, but I want to be. I want to love when it makes no sense. I want to give when I don't have it. I want to lead people to Christ. The only way I'm going to do that is if I meet Christ face to face. That's what transforms us. If you're not meeting Christ face to face on a daily basis, you're going out with planning not to be transformed that day. See, but if you take time, you say, I'm going to meet Christ today, then Christ will work on transforming you that day and the next day and the next day. And pretty soon you're looking back and saying, I am not the man or the microphone. I used to be. I want to be able to look back and say, I'm not the man I used to be. After, after that, we can move on. Now, I have to bring this in. Okay, it's just my nature. I'm sorry. In chemistry and physics, okay, I know. Um, I love physics. And I put the chemistry in there for Brian, and he's not even here. All right, so in chemistry and physics, we call it a catalyst. Does anybody from your high school days... Remember what a catalyst is. What is a catalyst? It's the agent that gets something going. Okay? It's the agent that gets something going in a chemical reaction. Here's how a chemical reaction works. I love it. It's totally biblical. All right? Watch this. You have a reactant that can't get going. It doesn't have the energy. It doesn't have the right mix. It doesn't have the right things. It can't get going. It's a whole set of stuff. It's stuck where it is. You add a catalyst. You add something that's, that's got energy, that's got the things it needs, and all of a sudden, you have a completely different product. Something that has not the same characteristics, something that doesn't look the same. It's completely different. You see, in Christianity, Jesus is our catalyst. See, here I am, and I am a no-starter. I am a no-go on my own. And Jesus comes into the picture, and now we get a reaction, and I am a different product. That's what I want for you guys. I want you guys to be daily getting that catalyst, getting that jump start, getting that help to go from a no-go to something different that's useful, that's working, that we can put to work. To do this, we have to renew our minds. That was the first step. Knowing Jesus, and then after you know Jesus and you're willing to be transformed, we have to renew our minds. The only way to do that is to get in this book. It's okay. I promise it's a good book. Okay? It's not a scary book. Sometimes it's a little scary, but... All right. Now, here's the deal. I, she's just sad. Sorry. 
This is a chemistry and physics thing. I knew I shouldn't have done it. All right, dang it. All right, but here's the deal. If you don't get this, you can't move forward. Okay, you ready for it? It's a secret. Share a big secret with you. This is a dark world. Some of you guys want to think it's, a, it's basically good. There's some good out there. There is nothing good about this sinful and broken world. It's dark. That's a hard reality sometimes. It's dark. Here's the thing. God knew it was going to be dark, and he gave you a flashlight. All right? In Psalms it says, this is a light unto my path. Wander through that dark forest all you want, but you're going to stumble. You're going to be lost. You're not going to know where you're going. You might get there, but it's not going to be a pleasant journey. Or you can open up the instruction manual. You can turn on the light, and you can see where you're supposed to go in this dark place. See, you can't renew your mind without this. You can try. You can read the self-help books. You can read the things that tell you, hey, do this, you'll feel better about yourself. It's just a Band-Aid. See, this is the cure. This is the light. This is what renews our mind. This is what changes us. So get in this. If you want to be transformed, if you want to be able to look back and say, that's who I was, and this is who Jesus is changing me into be, get in it daily. Jesus said, daily pick up your cross and follow me. Pick this thing up. Get in it. Read it. It will change you. See, the last one goes with this. The last thing, in order to be transformed, you've got to spend time with Jesus. You can't just meet Jesus and like, hey, thanks for the jump start, Jesus. Good. Appreciate it. I appreciate seeing you. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. See, I don't want to walk through the, the, the world without daily seeing Jesus. Because I don't want it to be like, hey, Jesus, I need your help. Hey, Jesus, um, something's going on. Teach me. And then walk over here and try it by myself. That doesn't work for me. See, what I want is this. I want Jesus looking at my mountain of problems and my my crazy world and my schedule that I can't keep up and my absent-mindedness and and my family that I wonder, how am I going to raise these four kids? And I want him to say, hey, Sean, I see all this. I'm right here with you. You spend time with me. We'll do this together. See, Jesus wants to do it with you. He doesn't want to instruct you and have you go do it on your own. He wants to be right by you. But how are you going to know what his voice sounds like? How are you going to know when he's leading you? Are you praying? Are you talking to him? Are you allowing him to speak into your life? The hardest thing in my world is to sit at my couch on my knees and be quiet. You guys have no idea how hard that is for me. Maybe you do. Okay? Every time, like, okay, it's quiet time with Jesus. Jesus, speak to me. And it goes about one second. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus, by the oh. Jesus is talking. I'm not. This will not stay. Ted has a weird shaped ear. <laughs> this will not stay on. <sighs> is that what it is? Let's try this. Hold on. Okay. No. Hey, all right, that's better. Okay, man, I have a hard time with backward things, backward helmets, backward microphones, okay. Um, But here's the deal. 
Guys, I get down, and, and for me, being down on my knees and not just having a moment says, this is your time, God. This is your place. This is your time. And I'm going to be taught, try really, really hard. Be patient with me. I'm going to try really hard to be quiet and listen to you. Because in the craziness, when I'm not on my knees, when I'm running around trying to figure it out, I want to know what his voice sounds like. I want to know his leading. And I can't get that if I don't spend time with him and listen to him. Guys, these aren't have-tos. You don't have to do any of this. But all I can tell you is the, the, the man my father was, the man I was before Jesus, and starting to apply these things in my life, and I look now and say, I've watched my dad lead hundreds of people to Christ. He raised a son that loves Jesus and is preaching the word. I get to tell people about Jesus. See, that's different. That's better. These don't, aren't have-tos. These are need-tos. They're not things I, I find myself saying, okay, check, check, check. They're the things that if I don't do, I'm like, what is wrong with my day? Oh, yeah. I forgot that little time on my knees right there. I forgot that time in the word. See, I know Ted prays for you guys. I pray for you guys. I want you guys to know something. If you're in this room right now and we, we know your name, we're praying for you. We're not praying that everything's perfect. We're not praying that, that God makes you rich. I mean, you met somebody like, please add that to the list. It wouldn't hurt. Um, we're praying for a real deep relationship with Christ that will transform you. Guys, that's what I'm going to leave you with. And I'm going to pray, you, pray with you. Um, two things. If you don't know Jesus, you can't be transformed. So before we start praying for something else, I want to pray for that. If you don't know Jesus right now, you're saying, hey, I could use a transformation. I don't want to be who I was. I want to be something different. I know what it's like to be your dad. I know what it's like to be in that situation in life with life going around you. I want to be different. It's pretty simple. In the Bible, it says, we all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we ask for forgiveness and accept his death on the cross as a gift of grace, that we will be saved. And then what follows is we will be transformed. See, and being saved is awesome, but the transformation is an amazing ride. So I'm going to pray real quick. And if you've never accepted Jesus, pray with me. Let's just bow our heads for a second and close our eyes. If you've never accepted Jesus, the prayer goes like this. Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not who you want me to be. Forgive me for my sins, God. I I acknowledge you as Lord. I acknowledge you as Savior. Come into my life. Change who I am. And let me start to be transformed into who you want me to be. If you've known Jesus for a while or for a long time or a little time and you find yourself stuck and you're wondering with life what comes next, then this prayer is for you. God, I just pray over these ladies and gentlemen out here that you get in their lives, that they meet you face to face today, this moment, this second, that they feel that your face is on them and that they are being transformed and that they can be challenged to go deeper with you and know you better. And in that is going to come a transformation 
is a beautiful thing to behold. God, we thank you for being God in our lives. We thank you for everything you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.